All information contained in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. You should consider the appropriateness of this information with regards to your individual objectives, financial situation and needs. Welcome to Sharing More Than The Sheets, a podcast to help you and your partner make better financial and lifestyle decisions so that you can both focus on the things that you love. I'm your host, Michael Curry, financial planner, green thumb, husband, and just dad. I've had chickens in my backyard for the last several years, and it's something I'm so passionate about. Um, I talk to people about it regularly, but at the end of the day, I'm not the expert, which is why I've seeked the advice of an expert. And today we have Ingrid Dimock joining us from City Chicks. Ingrid, thank you so much for, for your time. Hi, good afternoon, everyone. It's um, so cool to have you here because I've been following you on Facebook for a while um, on the on your page for City Chicks. And um, every now and then when I see a live video popping up, um, it's always so exciting to watch because I could see you're just so passionate about chickens and there's always something to talk about. There's always something to, to share with people. Um, I guess if we can just, if you can start off just by giving us a brief rundown of the City Chicks story um, yeah, sure. and who, who you are. and Yeah, great. Well, may I just segue before I go into that about the, the, uh, the videos on Facebook? Yes. They're normally a very sweaty-faced agricultural look. And and they're very raw. There's no <laughs> photo production, cinema, cinematography, nothing. It is as raw as can be, which I think people yep. like because they can they can actually see you know crouching down and hitting your head on the entrance of the coop and and things like that. So uh, they can go, yeah, I do that too. Funny that, funny no, that. Good. But um, City Chick started in 2007 <laughs> in my backyard in the Gap, and it came about as an idea for a new business for myself. And I had toddlers at that stage and I was looking for something that was just a little bit different to, say, selling Enyo. And um, I read a Fin Review article uh, on a weekend and it was about this fellow by the name of Ingham, haha, who has a, a business in Sydney called Rentachook. And I was really quite intrigued. And, and he had done something where families, city families could hire a couple of chickens and a, an eco-coop and a bit of food and take it home and just give it a go. Uh, because Sydney condition, uh, Sydney Council conditions around chicken owning at that stage were pretty tough. And so the chicken industry was not feeling, okay. you know, they weren't getting any any people coming in at all. And uh, and so Mr. Ingham said, oh, well, let's try this as a concept and see whether that attracts more people to give it a go. And anyway, it was a, a nice quirky business. And in fact, he's still going with the same concept sort of 15 years on. But the idea just sparked something in me and I thought wow that's so cool that's very different it's a bit quirky it's like me <laughs> and I thought I wonder I wonder where I can buy a chicken from that I could sell to someone I wonder where I can get a chicken coop from that I could sell to someone so I sat down with my husband at the time and he's an engineer and, and I said look can you just in your spare time make me a chicken coop so he completely over-engineered about 10 or 20 and um, I found a fellow who could sell me chickens and I learned a lot about what what you needed to own chickens, probably the same journey that a lot of our customers do now to go, or go through. And, um, and then I just started and then I just put my word out through neighbours and friends and then contacted the local Quest newspaper. If you remember, every suburb has their own little local rag and phoned them up and they did an interview and took some photographs and, and the business has just gone 
sort of, you know, a bit crazy ever since. So it's gone from back in those days, one or two days a week to four or five days a week to me moving the business out to Pullenvale for a number of years where we could lease a, a nursery site and then growing again to another level where we're now out at Sanford Valley on Mount Glorious Road embedded within a lifestyle centre. So there's a nursery on site and a cafe and a gift shop and, and our chicken business. So you can now come into an air-conditioned shop to learn all about chickens and, and touch and feel everything and then walk down to our paddock showroom, as I like to call it, where all of our chickens are and uh, and we can talk you through all of the different breeds there. So it's been a, a really interesting, fun journey. And, and as I'm getting older, I'm in my mid-50s now, sometimes I'll sit down at the end of a summer's day and think, holy hell, what, what on earth am I doing here? But um, most of the time, it the joy that it brings me because of the joy that families receive when they get themselves all set up is enough to keep me going and, and constantly thinking of new ideas. And that's been an interesting part of this whole journey is is whatever trend I tried to predict in my business plan for the bank never goes the way the trend is going to go. <laughs> and I mean, COVID is a prime example of that where, you know, we sort of were anticipating certain sales going in certain areas. And then when COVID hit, we thought, oh man, am I allowed to talk about COVID? Is that okay? Because it's an interesting story for us. COVID yeah, hit. Yeah, yeah. Of course. COVID I'm, hit I'm, and I'm, I As thought, much as everyone's overhearing that word. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is a good COVID story though. But And and I thought, oh my goodness, everyone's going to be locked down. What are we going to do? We we are a bit of a, we were a bit of a grey area business. Yep. We could sort of stay over because we were supplying pet supplies. And, um, and in our whole 12 business centre here, there was two of us operating only. And um, and the day before, I thought, oh man, I've got to. I'm going to have to put my staff off. What am I going to do? How am I going to manage all this? And then the next morning of lockdown, the phone started ringing at 9 a.m. and did not stop until December. And um, and in fact, I had to hire more people to come in to manage wow. what was going on. And that phenomenon was just something our industry had never, ever, ever seen before in the decade and a half that I'd been operating in it and for yeah. any of my colleagues anywhere else. So that was quite striking. And what was happening is that initially people were thinking... Well, I'm glad you, you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. Initially it was all around eggs. Like people were frightened that they weren't going to be able to get eggs. But now we've got friends of those thousands of odd people that came in to buy chickens who yes. were coming in from referrals. And so... We've, um, you know, we're picking up a lot more business from that. So it's it's exciting. It's a really exciting so, time for us. Well, I think you bring up, you brought up a really valid point as well, because with COVID, I think the fact that people started contacting you more is probably to do with the fact that they had more time on their hands because they were at home more often. Um, because again, like a lot of, when I talk to people about chickens and I tell them, when I tell them I've got chickens in the backyard, one of the first things I hear a lot is, oh, I've always wanted to do that, you know? Can you sort of explain to us, or to those listening, what's actually involved initially in the initial process? Because sometimes it can come across. Some people can sort of assume that there's too much work involved setting things up um, and it's just too much work having chickens sure. um, and they just don't have the time for it. Sure. Um, so the first thing we tend to do with our customers, so we do a full uh, qualifying um, sort of system with people. So say, for example, you came in and you – had this idea that there's a little corner in your yard that you want to put some chickens in for eggs or you've got little children and you feel as though you want to get them off devices in the backyard with chickens. Um, so you're looking at that sort of that reason for owning them. Then 
we qualify you. So we might say, well, what's the goal? Do you want eggs? And if you want eggs predominantly, then we'll steer you toward a category of chicken. If you're looking for big fat mamas that your grandmother had, then we'll steer you in another direction. And uh, and if mm. you're just in a townhouse with a postage stamp backyard, then, but you still want the experience, then we, we'd steer you toward another category of chicken again. So that's the first thing we do is just find out what exactly you're looking for. And sometimes that takes a few minutes to drill down because people visit friends with chickens like they've done with you and then they say, oh, I just want to replicate that in my backyard. But, you know, there, there has to, you have to just find out the reason for having them first. And once you've got that, then you can you can recommend a suitable chicken coop and then they've got to go and get that because it's something that we don't really do. We sort of have a couple of chicken coops, but it's not our core business. And yes. um, and then people can come back and, and we go through a whole list of products that you need in order to set up a chicken coop and and have chickens that have a healthy lifestyle. And the lovely thing about what we do, I think, is that we offer a range of different products, not hundreds so that you get totally confused and stand there scratching your head. But, you know, you can go for hardcore chemical fast acting stuff against lice and mites, for example, or you can go for a completely natural range of products if you tend to be sort of having a more of a healthy ethos and wanting to go more of an, in an eco-friendly way. So that's really differentiates us to, um, say, produce shops where they're selling uh, bits and pieces for cats, dogs, fish, chickens, and chickens are only one part of that. What we do is just chickens. That's our core business. Chickens and stingless bees, actually. There are two, two things that we sell. And, um, well, with the setup, with the setup, yeah, I guess, yeah. uh, can you sort of walk through that side of things? Because you've got the chook house. Sure, um, sure. So you've, that... got, you've got the chook house, and and if you're in southeast Queensland, snakes and foxes are a big issue. So yes. the wire of the chicken coop needs to be a one centimeter diameter wire. That's always what okay. we recommend. And then different to say our Victorian cousins, where you have a very cool climate, um, we always recommend having t- some type of flooring underneath your chicken coop, and that can just be like large pavers. Or it can be um, a bit of chicken wire, or it can be something else. But you want to have something yep. there to sort of absorb moisture and absorb any smell, because on our forty-degree days, it can end up getting a little bit of odor. And, and in the city, people are very concerned about that. So yes. if they um, are able to set that up in that way, then you're not going to have any of those issues. Okay, and, and something else that I have as part of my setup, which. Um, not many people have actually heard of, and, and this comes down to the convenience side of things. Sure. Having chooks is um, some feeders. So I've got, for example, there's that, I don't know what it's called, but there's a box basically where the chickens, when they stand on it, yeah, feeder. the lid opens up and the seeds are there. Yeah. And I, the good thing about that, or well, the way it was sold to me, is that it stops possums from eating their food at night. Um, and secondly, you don't have to top, which means you don't have to top up the seeds, or you know, their the food as often. And, uh, and sorry, not seeds, I don't even the pellets step, or step feeders. And I'll tell you a funny story about them. They're the ones, like, if anyone is listening, you know, you step on it, the lid flips open, the chicken, an intelligent chicken can work out where their food is. But you put a little yep. rock on the step first, otherwise, you know, no, no chicken's born naturally with that ability to anticipate a step equals food. <laughs> yes. So, um, so you start off with a rock on it, with the lid open, and then you take a, a lighter rock and a lighter rock until the end they work it out. But you can also get seven pigeons standing on one of those steps and they've worked out that they can also lift the lid and get at the food, which is really <laughs> cute, which is really cute. But, yeah, I mean, oh, those sort of feeders are great. Um, there are lots of different feeders around, but 
I suppose well, there's one for water as well. Yeah, yeah, water dispensers and and feed. Uh, I think you've just got to be mindful that vermin are a big issue here in southeast yep. Queensland. I sound like I'm putting everyone off, and I'm not, but <laughs> I'm no. just being realistic. So you drink her and feed and need to be used so that vermin can't access the feed area. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and so you you can either lift your feeder up off the ground or you use a step feeder like you have, or you mount something on the wall like a Dynachook feeder and. And that way you're going to minimise that potential issue because it will put people off. Um, if you've yeah. got mice and rats happening in your backyard, then uh, families don't like that and uh, and they'll get rid of the chickens as a result. So from the outset, if you're prepared and planned, then you don't end up getting those issues. Yeah, because I've had a few people say that to me. They go, oh, I heard you get rats if you have chickens. And like f- For me, again, I've got the, the feeder, so that basically I just top it up every couple of days sure. and – nothing gets wasted and that way it stays away you know the mice can't get to it basically and yes. uh, similar with the water that's got its own thing and i only have to top that up every four days or so because the, the water lasts and it stays fresh yes um and not contaminate it is you know there's less chance for being contaminated um and for me i've noticed as well that i feed them if i throw vegetables and all the rest i make sure i do it during the day so that they've eaten it all up before night time so that right. the, when they're asleep the rats can't come and take it basically yes yeah that's right um, that's right yeah and, and as far as where to put a coop as well um sure so um, i know councils have their own guidelines yeah but- they do have their own guidelines and and you've got to probably just jump on your local city council website first because they now have dedicated sections on poultry owning and uh, yep. and just find out so i mean you're not going to be able to have a flock of 50 chooks in the backyard but if you're in Brisbane city council you can have up to six poultry or fowl and that includes ducks you can have a turkey if you want a turkey. Um, nice. Yeah, you can have chickens, all different sorts of chickens if you want that. You can have a goose. Um, and the only hassle you're going to have is if your neighbours do put in a noise complaint. That's why you can't have roosters. Um, yeah. But anything else you are able to own. So you can set up a little bit of a mini-ish farm in your backyard as long as yeah. you've got the space. And rule of thumb is around two square metres per bird in any yeah. backyard setting. And that's enough space for one chicken to then uh, peck at the grass or have a little dig and allows the ground to replenish, to rejuvenate and replenish. And and as far as um, ongoing is concerned, if we can can sort of touch on that as well, because, um, again, apart from what I've mentioned, you know, changing the water, sorry, topping up the water every three or four days and every couple of days giving them more food. Yes. Is there much more than that? Because I know worming is another thing that should be done regularly. Yes, exactly. And in our climate, worming is to be done every three months. But, you know, depending on what product you want to use for your chicken will determine uh, the manner in which you do it. So there is this incredible organic product called diatomaceous earth or DE or de-earth, which is a Queensland product. And you can add that to the diet of the bird and it acts like a broom sweeping through the gut, getting rid of worm eggs and toxins and that sort of thing. So... You okay. can go um, a, a, in a very holistic manner, which is great, you know, so good for the environment. And uh, Or if it's just too much, you can bring your chooks in and we'll worm for you or you can use a tablet or you can add stuff to the water. There are so many different ways that you can maintain the health of your birds. That's just some example. But when you're, when you're a chicken owner, there are things that you need to understand and that is that those chickens are, will need to be wormed and lice just like a dog or a cat every three months. Yep. Um, you do need to clean out their watering bowl just like a dog or a cat or other animals. Yep. And, um, but the benefits that you get from your chooks are incredible. 
And um, even even going into the kitchen, for example, uh, one reason people like to get chickens is because they eat so much of the leftover food. And people yep. sort of think, oh, I don't have enough to give the chickens. I don't have oh. special special food for them like, you know, lettuce and spinach and that sort of thing. And I just go, hold on, you know, that's only a small percentage of what they eat. They're going to eat about 80% of what you've got. They eat everything. And they eat everything, including salmon and, and prawn heads. They go crazy yep. for those. And, you know, egg and ham, ham and cheese sandwiches and spaghetti bolognese. Yep. And people get quite fascinated that chickens oh, eat chicken, rice. you know, rice. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And if you've ever seen a chicken eat long pasta, I mean, it's insane. And mangoes <laughs> yeah. and rock melon and all yep. that sort of stuff, you know, they love, yeah. they love it. So people don't realise that they can get rid of a lot of waste would, which would yeah. otherwise go into a plastic bag in a rubbish bin. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a free 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au. To be honest with you, I see that as one of the benefits of having chooks because totally. I'm the I'm one of those people, I feel guilty throwing food out, even if it's, you know, just scraps or whatever it may be, I just feel guilty. So having some, having, you know, just going to the backyard and giving it to the chooks, it's, it's actually very satisfying. Very satisfying. And if you've got kids, I mean, that's their job. And uh, and yeah. a lot of our customers complain about their kids being so screen time heavy um, yeah. from four years of age. And, and so this is a way that you can get your kids out of the lounge room and into the backyard. And even yeah. if it's just a little job that they have to do, you tend to find nine times out of ten that once they're there, they'll start chatting with the chooks, sitting with the chooks and looking at other things with the chooks and the yep. chooks will chat back with them and, and it becomes a very nice bonding experience for everyone. Yeah, no, I, I could not agree more. And, and my, for example, my children love going into the coop and just walking around with them and touching them and yeah. um, it's just, you know, it's, it's a big part of, I guess, as humans, it, it's, a big, it's a big part of our ancestors in a way, you know, like um, back when nearly everybody had a farm. Yeah. Um, or nearly everybody lived on a farm in some capacity. Like it's it's a part of it's a part of being human, but it's it's something that we don't get to see as much these days because so many people live closer to the city and there's units these days and I think all these you're different right. things. It's that connection with nature, you know, yes. feet in the yeah, sand, that sort say. of thing is, is <laughs> that we just don't tend to have unless you really look for it. And the other thing that the other thing is too that I find interesting is is people often say, Oh, remember when our grandparents had all of these chickens and I'm thinking, yep. yeah, I do. I mean, they were savage buggers and I didn't want to go down the chook pen because, <laughs> you know, there would be anywhere between 20 and 40 and some were missing an eye and, you know, and it was quite yep. a fearful place because it was so far away from the house. Yep. So it was in a bit of an adventure yep. to go and collect the chickens and you didn't know whether there was going to be a snake sitting in the laying box and the rooster would chase you or the goose, the geese, you know, would chase you. So yep. all of that was a bit of a hassle, whereas now... The chicken coops are very close to the to the house, and um, you know people want them not just as egg producers and scrap eaters, but they want them as their pets. They want that yeah. interaction for themselves and for their children. And it's a bit like I say to people, it's a bit like owning a goldfish bowl. You know, uh, sitting in the backyard yeah. with a glass of wine or a beer or a coffee or a tea, watching the chickens fiddle around is incredibly therapeutic and really brings you into the now. I think that's what I'm trying to say. So that you forget your yeah. worries and you're just there 
with that little bit of nature happening in front of you. Yeah, yes. And and one of the biggest benefits we can't forget is the eggs, you know, oh, that totally. you've already mentioned. Yeah, like, that's right. I, I haven't bought eggs in a very long time. I had to buy eggs, I think, about three years ago for something. Oh, wow. And I bought the jumbo eggs. <laughs> um, I made sure I got like the organic or whatever. You know, I just literally got the best I possibly could because I know how different they are to yeah. what I am used to. Yeah. And it still tasted no nowhere as good as the eggs that I have. It was still mm. much smaller than the eggs that I get from my backyard. Oh, wow. Yeah, I couldn't believe it like it's there's nothing like fresh eggs that you literally you know that are 24 hours if not hours old you know being in your kitchen for sure for sure and you know there's a I mean there are interesting stories around eggs you know like um people will come in customers will come and say I want the biggest eggs possible I don't want to go into the egg aisle and so we'll steer them toward you know hybrid egg layers which are the the chickens that you probably own so they're your, yes. your working girl style chicken lays for about 18 months straight and then just goes into a rapid decline but they lay eggs that are huge and uh, but there's a there's a problem that comes with that and that is because they're a manufactured breed um yep. that has been there to fulfill this egg fetish with people um yes. what happens is that uh, you can end up with a lot more reproductive issues in those chickens than you can with say the more heritage birds and the bulk okay. of our business now with city chicks is heritage breeds so birds okay. that, that lay for up to six years instead of 18 months, that live for 10 or 12 instead of just, you know, living for three or four and yep. um, and have a more natural laying style instead of having that manufactured intensive okay. egg laying pattern. Not so any, they'll lay maybe two eggs a week or three? Uh, they'll lay probably. every day when they're on and then uh, yep. when they have a break through summer or winter or uh, if they're having a break, uh, having a break when they go broody, then um, yes. that's when you won't get any eggs at all. But that, that's nat nature's break time for them, you know. It's yeah. um, time for them, to, for their bodies to replenish minerals and calcium and uh, and get ready then for the next three months of laying. Whereas yeah, the but... hybrid egg-laying chickens, they don't have that opportunity. It's it's a bit sort of rape and pillage of calcium and um, mm. and their bones become quite depleted and the systems come, become quite depleted. So once people have an understanding of the difference of those in those types of chickens, then they can stop and think and say, hmm, how do I feel about that? Do I want to support, you know, these sort of uh, McDonald chickens or do I want to support the more heritage breeds or, you know, what do I want? So people can um, make, a, make a decision based on their own choice then instead of just turning up and saying this is what we've got and you've got to go home with that, you know. 100%. Like, mm. I literally just learned something yeah. just there. Um, <laughs> I thought I might have you, taught you something before. Oh, no, yeah. you, you want to know about this or not? <laughs> um, the, the other thing as well, you mentioned a word. Um, there's two words which I've, I initially had no idea what they meant, but it'd be really good if you could briefly explain them. The first one was brood. Yeah. Um, or it's like when a chicken's brooding. Um, and the second was um, that I've discovered as well um, is when they're clucky. Sure, sure. Because these are two really interesting behaviours of, of chooks. It is, that's right. So, and, and they mean the same thing. So a chook being clucky or a chook being broody is the same thing. So uh, nature creates a surge of oestrogen in chickens when they then want to sit on fertile eggs. That, that's in nature what happens. So even though yes. chickens will lay eggs, say the heritage breeds that do go broody, say they lay eggs for seven months of the year, well, all of a sudden they'll lay and, uh, and then they'll want to sit and you'll go down to the backyard into the chicken coop one morning and then there'll be a chicken refusing to get off the eggs and they fluff up at you and, you know, get a bit angry with you 
And that's their message saying, I'm going to sit on some fertile eggs and try to hatch them out. And even if they've got no fertile eggs under them, if they've only got a rock under them or a razor blade under them, they'll still sit and refuse to hop off. And um, and normally in nature, that are, that is only for 21 days, so three weeks, because that's how long it takes to incubate an egg from point of fertilization to hatch. Okay. But if you don't have a fertile egg, the chicken gets a bit confused. And so she'll sit and she'll sit and she'll sit. And, uh, and she really has no idea what's going on. And that's why we've got customers that will come in saying, you know, we've got a chicken that's been sitting for six to eight weeks. What do I do? And, and we talk to them about what's, what they can do in that situation. So, and chickens are pretty clever. Um, they, they turn their eggs a number of times during the day. So if, a, if an egg is fertile, they can instinctively understand the weight gain in that egg and will understand that each time they turn it, they're, picking up a vibe from how the egg's going, whether it's growing wow. or not, so that three days before that 21, they stop the turning process and they allow that air sac to rise and then the chicks to pip and breathe that air and then and then um, cracking out through the top of that eggshell and come on out. So, I mean, that whole process is pretty incredible when you sort of understand how strong that instinct is. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. And, and, and also, I mean, this is very obvious, but again, Somebody that isn't that experienced with chickens wouldn't really know. But just to clarify to those that are listening, um, there is a big difference between a chicken and a rooster. So a rooster is a male version. That's correct, yeah. Um, and uh, roosters are the ones that make that sound in the morning when the sun goes up. Yeah, we call it a crow, uh, that noise, yes. <laughs> yeah, they, they crow. Yeah. They <laughs> and, um, and chickens lay eggs. Yes. And just because they're laying an egg without a rooster, they, that can't possibly hatch into anything. That's correct. So, so, sorry, so that's just 101 yeah, birds that's and right, bees that's right. for those so, listening. That's right. So you don't need a rooster in order for a chicken to lay an egg. But that egg will be an unfertilized egg, and yes. um, and she will try to sit on that when she goes broody because she still thinks that it could potentially be fertile. But of course, nothing's going to come out of it. Yeah, that's it. And I know this is like it's very obvious to those that have you know know a bit about chickens. But again, it's it's something I get asked a lot as well. You say, sure. oh, do they make noise in the morning? I go, oh no, no, that's they're not roosters. And they go, oh, what's the difference between a rooster and a chicken? So yeah, uh, yeah. And roosters are, are illegal, mind you. We do have a crow collar yes. that stops. A lot of the crowing that's sort of like a yep. city product that's evolved as a through demand but um, yep. generally though we, we don't advise anyone to hang on to roosters in the city because the complaints just come left right and center and you'll get in strife with the council yeah and, and just to clarify as well um sorry and, and to ask this question sure when it comes to um buying if somebody has for example two chickens and they want to get more sure um what i was told a while ago was that you need to sort of keep them in separate separate them so they don't fight and then slowly bring them together and for that reason when i bought my latest chickens i just bought five all at once because sure. i just thought it's it's easier to get them all now at the one time from yeah. the same you know from the same sure. group i guess instead of getting two now and getting a few more down the track would that be right um that's one technique definitely we, we get a lot of our customers that that do what we call stagger their flock so they might start off with three because that's all their yard can handle and, yep. um, and then in 18 months' time, they might uh, retire those girls and then go home with another three. Or if you hang, yep. want to hang on to your birds, you might want to get another two and introduce them so that you don't have that five sitting there the whole time because that's a lot of eggs and that's a lot of eyes of browns running around your backyard scratching yep. things up, you know, in a small backyard. They can do a lot of, they can do a lot of damage if you've got a lot of chickens, yep. that's for sure. But um, 
Yeah, so you, you can do it that way. But what we recommend is to keep your existing birds uh, out in their free range area and lock up your new birds because your new birds need to have a homing instinct activated anyway. So they can stay inside the coop and then at night time you put everyone together so that they at least can understand that there's more birds there. And, uh, and then first thing in the morning you do the same thing, let those older birds out and keep the new ones locked in. So you do that for yeah. three days and then you open up the gates and let everyone go out so that you've got a chance then for the new birds to go about their business and the old birds to go about their business and you're not confining birds that are territorial, otherwise you're going to end yes. up feathers in a bloodbath everywhere. And on that note as well, you mentioned the word retire. Sure. Um, if, if somebody has chickens and let's say they get to that point where they'll, they stop laying um, and they would like to get new ones, sure. uh, how, how would you recommend that person? Sure. So what we do as a business is um, we have discovered that there are some services needed for a city environment, and that includes things like retiring chickens where you can bring your chickens out to us and for a fee we'll courier them out to one of our uh, ladies who raises chickens for us out near Laidley nice. Toowoomba area. Um, yep. So that that's, creates a lot of peace of mind. Uh, we do the rooster rehoming service as well, where they head up to our hatchery and hang out there with either the cows or they go into the bachelor pen. Uh, we do a duckling sleepover party for people who want to try ducks but don't want to own ducks. And we yes. do um, chicken minding as well. We have a holiday service here at City Chicks. And nice. um, yeah, and, and so those services are, are we're full with those all the time. It's it's birds are coming and going all the time because no one else really does it, um, and it's needed, you know, because people don't really tend to know their neighbours too well anymore, so they don't know who to ask to look after their chickens, yeah. and they can't keep a rooster, but they've got one, and oh, what am I going to do? I can't kill it, I can't twist its neck, and so this is just an easy option. So we we tend to sort of handle that problem for people. Yeah. And isn't that sad that people don't really, we don't talk to our neighbours as much as we used to? Well, it is what it is, I suppose. You know, it's, yeah. um, I don't know whether it's so much people are busy. It's just people's fences are very high now and um, yes. and their houses are very private and um, and it is what it is. But, you know, you look at things like sense. COVID happening and, and people come into their yards and start reconnecting again. Um, yep. So I, I think it's just... Yeah, I don't know. Every every place is different. Then you can have neighbours that are horribly annoying as well. So maybe it's good enough to have them hanging yeah, around exactly. at the same time. <laughs> but, um, and, um, chickens are quite lovely in order to bring neighbours together and bees too, which is probably another topic for another day. But, you know, when, when neighbours know that you've got chooks, they tend to sort of ask, you know, how are your chickens going? It, it's a point of conversation they can immediately start with and know that you can have a one or two minute uh, exchange yeah. and, and, and that's quite lovely. Yeah, and, and, and with me, we when we have extra eggs, we give them to the neighbours as well. Oh, that's which, lovely. Good on you. That's which, nice. Which is nice, yeah. So yeah. it's always good to share them around. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm, um, I'm hoping today whoever's listening to this has learned a lot. I mean, I've learned something, a few things actually myself, um, but I really hope today will encourage a lot of people listening that have probably thought of getting chickens to – to take the dive. Um, if people want to learn more, um, Ingrid, what's the best way for them to contact City Chicks? Sure, sure. So we have our own website at, at citychicks.com.au. Otherwise, we are open seven days a week out here at Sanford. And, and we do have uh, where our chicken paddock is. We open that up on Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings between 9 and 11. If you've got little ease or you want to come and experience feeding the chickens or the turkey or the ducks or the geese, you can do that for a, a $2 donation. And um and and or give us a call three two eight nine three double zero seven and we can talk through what you need. 
but it's fascinating. Chicken owning is fascinating, and the the way that the um, trend is for chicken owning at the moment is this: there's a whole avenue of chicken toys now being invented as boredom buster ideas. There's a whole range of aromatherapy for chickens now because people are worried that the chickens aren't, you know, smelling the old smells of the old days. If you had a pat, you know, like a, a a um, paddock with cows, yeah, a rainforest behind you, and that sort of thing, you know. So there's uh, some yes, really yes, yes. funky things going on in my industry, and we're right in there. I love all that stuff, right in there with it all. We have our own toy section, which is hilarious, and chicken nappies and um, tutus for them and helmets for them, and all sorts of things. You know, it's kids love it, even though they, they may not buy one. They look at it and think, wow, that sparks my imagination and my curiosity, and I just think it's great. You know, I love it. Oh, honestly, I, I could tell honestly, and I can tell the the enthusiasm, and the passion is definitely there. Like it's, Thanks, Michael. It's so exciting, honestly. Yeah. And yeah, for those that don't follow City Chicks on Facebook, highly recommend yeah, it. There's Instagram always some good well. videos to watch. That's right. Yeah, my videos just excuse the sweaty face. Yeah, um, and, and one last thing, by the way, Ingrid, sure. with all my episodes, I love to finish off with a dad joke. Oh, right, um, okay. and, I've, and I've got a good one today, by the way. Like you know, it suits the suits the topic. But what okay. is the most musical part of a chicken? What's the most musical part of a chicken? Yeah, the drumstick. Oh, that's really bad. <laughs> and I'm not oh, going to no. repeat that to any of my customers. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> that's all right. I'll tell the kids. They'll yeah, tell the kids. Kids love my jokes. Nice. <laughs> all right, then. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Ingrid. Appreciate it so much. No worries. No worries. Thank so, you, then. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for joining us on Sharing More Than The Sheets. Please make sure you subscribe to be updated with future episode releases. Please visit us at sharingmorethanthesheets.com.au to submit questions or requests for future podcast topics. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au.